Hello and welcome to Say That, the podcast where your big questions get real answers normally. My name is Matt King, I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and I am joined by, well, no one, as you may have noticed from the episode description, due to some summer travel schedules, we were not able to get together to record an episode this week, and for that I do apologize, but I think we put together something really cool for you. So you guys may have heard us talk about um, The Bridge Loud, which is another podcast Glenn, Jed, and I do, but it's also a terrestrial radio show, so it plays on an FM station here in the Chicagoland area. It also plays on a network of stations in South Florida. So earlier this year, Jed talked to our friends down there in Florida who run Call FM and pitched them an idea. The idea was that they have a station, a couple of stations actually, that cover prison facilities. And we were wondering, what could we do with that? You know, we do prison ministry, now we we have a radio show. Is there something we could do to kind of bridge, if you'll pardon the pun, that divide? So we started a show that is specifically geared towards folks who are in prison. Obviously, it goes out on, on this FM radio station, so we want it to be encouraging for everyone, but specifically it is meant for those people in this correctional facility. So um, the the vision we had and that we've actually heard feedback on is there are a lot of guys in jail who need some positivity, and one of the ways they try to get that is through the radio. So for Christian guys, that may mean just throwing on the local Christian radio station and just trying to get some positivity and some encouragement, which is a very cool thing. And we wanted to see if we could be a part of that. So we've been doing that show for about three months now, had some great feedback on it. We're really happy with it. So this week we're going to give you two episodes of that show, which is not available anywhere else on the internet. So this is exclusive content back to back. So we really hope you enjoy that. Uh, One of these is hosted by myself. One is hosted by Jed. Uh, Each contains songs from lots of friends of the show, from Lee, from lots of other very talented folks who helped us out. All excellent stuff. So we hope you'll enjoy that. We will be back next week with with a regular episode answering your questions, which, of course, you can write in to say that podcast at gmail.com or thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. So we're going to take you to the bridge. But just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. You're listening to The Bridge, the show for courageous people dealing with tough situations. Hey, this is Jed Brewer, and you're listening to The Bridge. This week, we're taking a look at a really important question, and one that I think all of us have wondered about, even if we're not sure we're allowed to wonder about it. I'll tell you what I mean. Here's the question. A friend of mine who has been through some really tough times and some rough experiences in their life, they asked recently, you guys tell me that God loves me. And that's cool. But why would God love me? In other words, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life and I've done a lot of things I wish I could take back and I wouldn't love me. So why would God? What's his deal? What's 
What's in it for him? Why does God love me? It's a great question. And it's the kind of great question that I think if we're honest, all of us have wondered about. For some of us, we might have felt like I'm not allowed to wonder it, but we're still kind of wondering it. So let's start here. I'm really proud of my friend for being willing to ask this question. And I'm proud of you for being willing to wonder about it, if you ever have. And the reason that I'm proud of my friend and that I'm proud of you is because asking tough questions is actually how we grow in our faith. I think sometimes we start to believe that the way we become strong Christians is by pretending that we don't have doubts, by pretending that we've got everything figured out and we believe all the right things, so let's just set it and forget it. But that's not how it works. That's not what we see in the Bible with people like Job or David. No, what we see is that God seems to have a huge respect and regard for people who can have doubts and have deep, big questions and can take those questions to God and say, what's the deal? For example, God, why do you love me? It's a great question. As we get into it, I want to suggest that we're going to find two things. And what we'll find is that it makes total sense we would have this question in mind, but I think we have it for two reasons. The first is, I think that we're confused about a few things about our own story and our own history. And the second thing is, I think we're a little confused about what love itself is. Yes, what God's love is, but in a sense, what all love is. And as we dig into our own story and what love actually is and how it actually works, I think we're going to be glad that we asked this question, that we found that courage and asked it out loud, because I think we're going to find a lot of relief and a lot of comfort and a lot of peace. We're glad you're listening. We'll be back in just a minute right here on The Bridge.
this is Jed Brewer, and welcome back to The Bridge. This week, we are looking at a question that's really important and that all of us, I think, deep down have wondered about. And that question is this, why does God love me? I hear he does, and that sounds like good news, but man, I made a lot of mistakes, and why would God love me? It's a great question. I'd like us to do a thought experiment for a second. I want you to think of your favorite food, the one that you'd basically always be glad to have, the one you're kind of always in the mood for. Mine is pizza, so that's what I'm going to talk about, but yours can be anything you want it to be. So get it in your mind. Now, I have a critical, important question for you. Why is that your favorite food? Why do you love it? Why? It's a weird question when you stop and think about it, particularly from this angle. Why do I love pizza? But I just do. It's it's delicious. It's awesome. It's it's my favorite food. Well, aren't other foods delicious and awesome? Well, yeah, but but I just I love pizza. I just I just do. Okay, but haven't you ever had kind of bad kind of disappointing pizza? Well, yeah, I mean, we we all have that. That's just part of life. But that that doesn't change the fact that I really I just love pizza. I just do. Just something inside of me says pizza is great. I bet you feel the same way about your favorite food because that's how it works to have a favorite food. (laughs) Maybe your favorite food is nachos and we've all had not that great of nachos. I know I have, but that doesn't change the fact that you really love nachos. I bet you can see where I'm going here. Love isn't based on flawless performance. I don't love pizza because I always get perfect pizza whenever I order it. I kind of love pizza because I do. I bet in your life you can think of people that your heart is just towards them. You just... You just love them. Yeah, sometimes they're a knucklehead. And for some of us, I've had periods in my life, man, where I was kind of stuck on stupid. So I was kind of a knucklehead all the time. But there were certain people who just, they just loved me anyway, because they just did. I think the thing that gets us in trouble is believing that love and behavior, that love and performance are linked that when I'm doing well, it would make sense for people to love me. And when I'm doing badly, well, it wouldn't really make sense for people to love me. But that's not how love works. Some of us have kids, and those of us who don't have kids probably have little nephews and nieces. And if we've been around when we've watched a very young kid who's just learning to walk, we've seen them stumble and we've seen them fall down. We don't in that moment say, oh, you're a terrible child and I don't love you anymore. That would be absurd. That's not how love works. We love this child and we're cheering them on, stumbles and all. I think it's the same thing with God. And I think it's the same thing with God's love. His love for us isn't based on our behavior. He loves us because he does. So if God loves us as we are, why do we have so much trouble loving ourselves. We'll look at that when we come back right here on The Bridge.
fall apart, I don't know, he shows up I'm a servant of God, so I'm his friend too I'm a believer, credit my father Abraham too Making my hands smooth, it's spirit and in truth My Jesus coming down to give his people a win too This is Jed Brewer, and welcome back to The Bridge. This week, we're taking a look at a tough but important question that I think deep down we've all wondered about, which is, why does God love me? I've made a lot of mistakes, and I can't figure it out. Why would his heart be towards me? Fortunately, we have with us an expert, Peter Lawson. And Peter has spent so much time working with men and women who are behind bars or in drug and alcohol rehab centers or in homeless shelters. And Pete has a firm sense of how our vision of our own past can get in the way of accepting good things today. So Pete, what do you think? What would you say to this issue of, I look at my past and I wonder how and why God could love me? Well, uh, when I think about my own life with this, I usually find that I'm judging myself before I even answer that question. Uh, Shame is sort of like having your mind be your judge, your jury, and your sentencer. And uh, for me, shame puts uh, everything I've done in the worst possible light. Uh, There's nothing good that can come out of my life because of the shame that I feel, because Not only am I judging my past, but I'm saying nothing good can ever come from this ever again. Uh, In that way, there's a sentence. I had a friend named Dunn who had had a lot of awful stuff uh, in his past. And at one point, I was working with him on getting a job. I was working on him with getting some housing and sort of just generally getting his life back on track. And we were having breakfast, and I'll still remember, and he said, all that sounds really good, but I can't have any of it. And I was like, well, why, why can't you have any of it? And he said, well, all this stuff I've done in my past, I shouldn't be allowed to do that. He wasn't saying God didn't want him to have that. God wasn't really in the discussion at all. He'd already made up his mind that he shouldn't have that. He, he was the judge. He was over all of it. And he had made the decision and he, he was essentially carrying out the sentence in his life. Uh, So for the rest of his life, when something good and particularly too good would come into his life, he'd say, I can't really have that. I need to get the substitute. I need to get the junior version, the downgraded version. And that's what shame does to all of us. We don't even look for what God's perspective is. We don't look for God's sentence for our life because it would be too lenient for what we want. And that's actually one of the beautiful things about having a life with God and about seeking out his love. And as somebody before asking questions about, does God really love me? Because when you find that, you find that the judgment might not be any different. If you have, we all have a past, we all have things we did in our life that we regret. But what will be different, I promise you, is the sentence. The sentence will be much less because the shame that we feel doesn't come from God. So there's no way that that sentencing element could be the same. Now, a lot of the times, even the judgment won't be the same. Even one thing you thought you did wrong 
you might go to God and he might not think it was that big of a deal. Or there might be stuff that comes and it turns out it was a bigger deal than you thought. You just don't know. But what I promise is different is the sentence, because God has a sentence which is eternal life in paradise with him. And I promise that your shame doesn't have that sentence. And uh, uh, that's sort of what he wants, and, and that's that's the end result of his love. And a lot of times, like, if... if uh, our shame is given us one sentence. The sentence God might have, instead of imprisoning yourself to a life where you don't get a good job or you don't get a good place to stay or you don't get people that love you, God might give you a sentence where you're free and there's community service. And I think if I think of my life, I think that's the sentence that God has given me. And it's actually a really cool one. The Bible says that God's yoke is easy and his burden is light. And the sentence that God has, while it's something, while there's something he'll have for us to do, it's always better than the sentence I'd give for myself. Bubba bought a house with a big back 40, and the next day Jesus stopped by. Bubba put him in the guest room, sure it ain't the best room. Bubba figured Jesus wouldn't mind Oh, but Bubba didn't know That the devil lived next door Scratch was the visiting kind He rang the doorbell And gave that boy hell Yeah, Bubba got the beating of his life But then the devil smiled He said, I'll see you in a while Stopping by Oh, but Bubba's house was big Made it hard to hear a thing And the devil thought that that was mighty fine He rang the doorbell And gave that boy hell Yeah, Bubba got the beating of his life Then the devil smiled He said, I'll see you in a while yours now, you can have it all. But when that devil comes back, could you stop him in his tracks? So this time he don't jack me in the jaw. Oh, but Bubba didn't know that the devil, he ain't dumb. And he knows when he should not pick a fight. He rang the doorbell, Jesus opened and yelled. Now 
story is the more we let the Lord in The less the devil gets to have his way If Jesus owns the whole house Keeps the devil all out Brother, that's a peaceful place to stay Yeah, brother, that's a peaceful place to stay Hey, this is Jed Brewer, and welcome back to The Bridge. This week, we're taking a look at the tough question, why does God love me? We have one more perspective to hear from. Pastor Danny Lopez is the pastor of New Life Community Church, Logan Square, here in Chicago. He gave an amazing sermon at our bridge service where he reminded us, why does God love us? Because he made us. Check this out. Many of us, if not all of us, judge ourselves on a regular basis and we constantly convict ourselves. You're guilty, you're guilty, you're guilty, you're a mess up, you screwed up, ah, so you did it again, you're helpless, and blah, 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 and bada bing, bada boom, and after a while we start complimenting ourselves through even through our insults. There was a time when I was younger, man, I, would, I was proud sometimes to say that I was stupid. I'm just stupid. Mr. Danny Stupid Lopez. That was my middle name. I would say so much. I, I, I like indoctrinated myself. I'm stupid. So all throughout grammar school and high school, stupid, stupid. Can't pass tests. Always making mistakes. Anyone feel me? I'm here to help you understand along with my other brothers. We need to stop that. Jesus was already judged for you. And now when you come to faith in him, you are now not guilty. Why would God love me? Why would God care about you? Y'all need to understand the why, the why. Everyone say why. Why? Por qué? Genesis. I'm going to take you all the way back from the beginning, man. Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. Check it out. Here's why. I'm going to show you. So God, who? So God created. What did he do? So God created mankind, that's you and me, usums, and watch this, in his own image, in the image of God, he created them. Go like this, me. He created them, male and female, he created them. The word created is a beautiful word. It means he made something from absolutely nothing. You are, listen, you are custom made. You, the word is fashioned. He fashioned you. He designed you. He crafted you. There's only one of you, which, which means that you, your value is like way, way up there. You know what I'm saying? I don't care what people say about you. Tell them it's a lie because why? God fashioned me. God made me. God customized me. Therefore, I special and on top of that you are created in his own image y'all need to get pumped up about that you're created in his image and in his likeness you know what that means you know what that means that ooh, my heart's about to bust it means that you carry characteristics of God oh see y'all ain't feeling me man you carry characteristics of God himself because you were made you were made from, from nothing into something 
You carry character. You carry likenesses of God. It's like, oh, snap. That's a characteristic of God. You are in the image and the likeness of God. You are so valuable. You have so much power that you can put a smile on someone's face by doing one thing. One thing. Hug. Love. Ask a person their name and say, that's such a nice name. That's a characteristic of God. That because you're created by him so that you can look like him and act like him and it won't cost you a dime. Who said you're not valuable? That's from the pit of hell. God says you're valuable because you look like me. I want you to act like me. I want you to talk like me. And I want you to feel like me. And it feels good. I'm not saying you are God. I'm saying you're his kid. So act like it. Freedom funds. I'm done on the mobs. Don't need the funds. The burden wave tons. My life in the crisis form fitting. Jesus is bidding, better than money getting. Time ain't wasted, new challenge facing. Full of grace in years of street pacing. Snake's wisdom, what a burst venom. The saviors come now, except the one who sent him. No strings attached, love the form of my attack. Fear is burn up like a mess. Devil running for the bank. All my joy, he tried to snatch. God provide for what I lack. Fishing for people to catch. Wolf is stronger in the pack. Choice God made for me, grab some that he paid for me, passing he passed on for the mess and that he laid for me, consume me straight through me. No front now, this true me. Still living into the new me. If you don't like it, then sue me. You can't, cause you don't own, you just rent. Room in my head, so blessed, so I kick you out, better get a tent. God's grace, what I trust in, love busting against the fear of fortune, love must win. Even though every one of us sins, God's grace put shame in a dustbin. Free the bonds, I'm done on the mobs. Don't need the funds, the burden wave tons. My life in the crisis form fitting. Jesus is bidding, better than money getting. Time ain't wasted, new challenge facing. Full of grace in years of street pacing. Snake's wisdom with a burst venom. The saviors come now, except the no, 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 running, no, running, no, running. The fear of God's punishment got me stunned. Rock, I don't see, bumping to rough seat that I jump into. No peace, just one. Lawson, thanks so much for listening today, and we'd love to hear from you. If you've got prayer requests, want song lyrics, or need Bible study materials, send us a letter. That's The Bridge, 
P.O. Box 316, Forest Park, Illinois 60130. Again, that's The Bridge, P.O. Box 316, Forest Park, Illinois 60130. Thanks, and we'll look forward to hearing from you. And I am wonderfully Made in the image of the Lord Your works are wonderful And that means me as well And I am made in the image of the Lord You knit me together in my mother's womb on the show, we're going to talk about the idea of honesty. You may have heard that honesty is the best policy. You may have heard that the truth will set you free. Those are both true and sound good, but being honest can be a little more complicated than that. I was talking to a friend recently and they talked about how they were having a hard time being honest they said I feel like the most truth I give out is a half truth sometimes I hide the truth from people around me because I'm afraid of how they'll respond to it I'm afraid of what I might respond to their response and that all makes sense for people, which is everyone, who have made mistakes, who are maybe trying to not be the person they used to be, honesty can be a bit scary. Being honest with other people can be scary. 
even being honest with God, if we've never done that before, to be vulnerable, to put parts of ourselves out there and have to wait for someone to respond. I imagine we've all had the situation of telling something to somebody and there's that pause. And maybe it only goes on for a second, two seconds, three seconds. But if you're the one who just said something true about yourself that maybe was a little vulnerable, it can feel like forever. But there's no reason to be scared of the truth. For people who believe in Jesus, who have been forgiven of their sins and redeemed by the hand of God, we don't have a reason to be afraid of anything that's true. Even tough truths, even unpleasant truths, even things we may not be proud of. But that's where we want to end up. It's not necessarily where we start. So we come back, we're going to start looking at some ways to start getting comfortable with honesty and what that might do for our lives. He's the father to the fatherless Who looks out for those in distress When I was desolate, gave me
back to The Bridge. My name is Matt King. This week on the show, we're talking about honesty. We're talking about how honesty can be tougher than maybe we want to admit sometimes. I'll give you an example. And this is just a weird thing about me, but I have a feeling some of you might be the same. If you call my phone at any time of the day or night and wake me up, now that may be in the middle of the day, maybe I'm taking a nap, but if you called me at six in the morning, woke me out of a dead sleep, here's what would ha- here's what you would hear on the other end of the phone. Uh, hello? And you might ask, oh, I'm sorry, did I wake you up? At which point I would immediately, without thinking, just go, uh, no, no, not at all. No, you didn't wake me up. I've been, I've been up for hours. Why? Why would you have woken me up? It's only six o'clock in the morning. That's a lie. <laughs> of course you woke me up. But the weirder thing about it is I didn't decide to not tell the truth there. I didn't think it through. There was just this reaction to, I don't want them to think I'm the kind of person who's asleep at six o'clock in the morning which is crazy. But I think a lot of us have those impulses, right? To just try to project this image that sometimes we're not even thinking about. We're just putting that out there. We're just trying to act like we think people want us to act like. And that can be really damaging if we're trying to make real changes in our lives, if we're trying to really move forward and set a foundation, do something real, putting up that act can hurt that process and it can make us feel bad about ourselves to front off that way, to try to put something out there that's not true. That all makes total sense. Truth can be scary, but it's also important. Jesus says in the book of John, chapter 8, that the truth will set you free. That's John 8, 32. That's actually part of a larger conversation that Jesus is having with some people about the idea of truth. A thing he goes on to say in John, chapter 8, starting in verse 44, is about how the devil feels about truth. He says that when the devil lies, he speaks his native language. I think that's so interesting. That tells us something so much deeper than lying is bad. The devil's whole thing is wanting us as people who love Jesus to not become who we should be, not Follow the path God wants us on. Lies are apparently a way he does that. Lying to us about ourselves. Lying to us about how much we can trust other people. That can have a real impact. But the truth is the thing that's going to set us free from that. And that's what we're going to look at when we come back right here on The Bridge. 
try to be a martyr, independent-ish cells. Push away the lames and I don't wish them well. Everybody lame is a secret he don't tell, no. <laughs> Enemies say helping. Get me all alone, other people ain't welcome. Say that I'm a king if I only kiss the ring. Member Jesus out the building and the owner got his bell rung. My name is Matt King. This week on the show, we're talking about learning to be honest. It's a very important thing and can have a huge impact on your walk with the Lord and your life in general. And with some more great thoughts on that is the founder of Mission USA. Here's my friend, Glenn Fitzgerald. Somebody in this room, bless your heart, somebody in this room has messed up this week. Someone in this room has messed up fairly bad this week. And you have that choice. How do you present yourself now? Do you come here and say, I'm blessed by the best to do the best, the Holy Ghost filled, just live and blessed up and whole because of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. You could do that. Now, to be fair, you are not fooling me, because I am a sinner, and it takes one to know one. <laughs> Y'all follow what I'm saying? Or you could say, wasn't a good week. 
I didn't live it the way I want to live it. But I'm back on that horse and I'm, I'm trying again and I'm doing my best again. Now, which of those two sounds better to you, really, when I say it out loud? I would rather hear about somebody saying, I am, I am struggling and I'm inconsistent and I'm having problems, but I'm trying. I'm here and I'm trying. I'd rather, I can take pride in that. I can lift that person up and say, boy, this person is going to make it. I would much rather have that than somebody front off to me every single time. The biggest lie we hear is when, when people ask us how we're doing, we say, fine. And that's a, we tell that lie the most often. But see, the truth is, it's sort of a false uh, question. It's a, it's a, it, the, the, the truth is, we're always having problems. We're always having struggles. We're always being imperfect. Hopefully, we're doing the right things and taking the steps in the right direction. And we may be imperfect within that, but we're always struggling. We're always dealing with that. So here's what I would put to you is find a way to be honest, no matter what, with yourself, with God, with the people around you. There's people you can't quite trust with the whole unvarnished story. And I understand that. But find a way to be honest because you can live with that. See... If somebody asks you a question, there's a sense, if you did something wrong, there's a sense, if I lied, I could get away with it. Right? You know, that's like that old saying, a lie will set you free. If you, if, if you did something wrong and they ask you about it, you lie and then you get away with it, then you're free. Except for then you have to tell another lie to cover that lie. And now that you, you, you are caught up in this process, which is the opposite of being free. Here's what the Bible says about all of that. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We're struggling. We're not perfect. We're a work in progress. Some days it's good. Some days it's not so good. Some days it's terrible. But we're walking this walk together and we're still here, aren't we? God bless you. We love you. job and I lost it too. I've been in cuffs from the sins of my youth. Well, I bounced a check like a basketball. In a case that ain't clear, that means repeatedly, y'all. But I'm giving thanks for what I've got. I'm giving thanks for what I'm not. Yeah, all them dumb ideas I tried to be. Starters When life gives
in my knees I've said some words that left my granny displeased But at my worst with no hope to see I saw that Jesus was still with me And I'm giving thanks for what I've got I'm giving thanks for what I'm not Yeah, all them dumb ideas I tried to be that stove when we was brave and all I know at least for starters when life gets hard think harder Welcome back to The Bridge. My name is Matt King. This week on the show, we've been talking about honesty. We've been talking about why sometimes it makes perfect sense that it's scary to tell somebody something about ourselves, maybe even to admit a truth about ourselves to ourselves. But we've also been talking about how the truth will set us free from a lot of those worries and problems. We just finished hearing from the founder of Mission USA, Glenn Fitzgerald, talk about the importance of having some people in your life that you can be honest with, build that trust with, tell someone when you're not doing okay, when you're having a struggle, when you need some prayer or some support. That's a very important thing. If you're someone who hasn't done a lot of that in your life and you're looking for a place to start, You can start by being honest with God. You can be as honest as you want to be with God. He can take it. I think sometimes we get in our mind that talking to God is like talking to the boss or talking to a parent or talking to an official who has some control over your life, that you really have to be polite and say yes, sir, and mind your P's and Q's in order to not tick him off. But God is your father. God loves you. God cares for you, cares about what's going on in your life. And he already knows how you feel. So you can be as raw as you want to be with him. If you read through the Bible from from Jesus to David, who wrote all the Psalms to Job, people get very very honest with God. Even about things they're wrong about. A lot of the Psalms start off with David basically accusing God of being against him and then working out that that's not really the case. But God doesn't squish any of them like a bug. He isn't offended. He isn't angry. Maybe the first step to us getting comfortable with being honest with ourselves, being honest with other trusted friends around us, is learning to be honest with God. It's a great step to take this week if you're looking to try something out. 
and we'll see you next week right here on The Bridge. Driving in the night, I can't even see the roads. If I get a little light, I see the evil that I sow. And my attitude got my life stuck in hard mode. And I manage you for the pain, so I ignore all of the growth. The shame you broke down the wall You gave me a new name, a new purpose and a call And if people that fall, be with them when hope stop Here I am in the fourth quarter, coach, give me the ball All I do is live for God, live for God All I do is live for God, live for God All I do is live for God, live for God All I do is live for God, live for God See, all I do is live for God Thanks so much for listening today, and we'd love to hear from you. If you've got prayer requests, want song lyrics, or need Bible study materials, send us a letter. That's The Bridge, P.O. Box 316, Forest Park, Illinois, 60130. Again, that's The Bridge, P.O. Box 316, Forest Park, Illinois, 60130. 
Thanks, and we'll look forward to hearing from you.